Welcome to Get Off the Mic, a hockey podcast by hockey nerds for hockey nerds. Brought to you by the writers from GetOffTheIce.com. Welcome to Get Off the Mic. I am your new and improved host, Paul, and I have successfully dethroned Mac and kicked him off the show for good. Today is July 19th, and joining me for this special episode are my compadres, Aaron, Steve, and Keith. Since they're all such wonderful and good-looking human beings, that is all the introduction we're getting today. How are you guys doing today? Doing pretty good. I'm excited because we hinted at this spinoff podcast a couple weeks ago, and it's happening. We're halfway there. (laughs) So for today, this could go one of two ways. It could be the best podcast we've ever done, or possibly the worst. Only time will tell. So we're going to start with an opening question. DeBoer has stated that Vegas will have a captain in 2021. So my question to you guys is, who do you think that is? Like, who's best suited to captain the Vegas Golden Knights? The first in franchise history. Let's start with Steve. Oh, God. No, don't, don't start with me. All right. <laughs> let's start with Keith. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Steve. That was a great throw to me. I'm going to just go William Carlson. He's the first one that popped to mind. He's a leader offensively on the team, and it seems like he could fit nicely into that role. Very interesting. I'm going to say I was not expecting that one. Aaron, what do you think? I'm torn between two. I would say Mark Stone, obviously, he's got those leadership mentalities. He's going to be there for a long time as well, and you want consistency in your captain. All right, all right, enough. (laughs) (laughs) Very sad, and it's only a couple minutes into the podcast. (laughs) So, you know, Mark Stone's a great player. Ottawa, you know, unfortunately. Sorry, I'll just stop. (laughs) Uh, The second one I'd say is Shea Theodore. He's young, but, like, he's got that leadership mentality to just run the back end and could be there for the long term as well. Aaron, we're supposed to be starting a spinoff podcast. You yeah. can't make, make Mac happy when he listens to this. <laughs> You're right. Sorry. Oh, wait, Keith, what was it? Mark Stone, Mark Stone, Mark Stone. <laughs> Either way, someone's going to be upset here. <laughs> All right, Steve. <laughs> Mine is probably going to be Max Pacioretty. Uh, he does have that past leadership quality with Montreal. Um, the experience there, the, he's a veteran. Um, I'd also like to throw Mark andre Fleury's name in the ring. I we don't like have Vegas. enough goalie captains. I know. So I is feel that like even Vegas... allowed anymore? Like, did they change the rule after Vancouver did it? Or can you still technically have him as a captain? I think you can have them as a captain. You just can't put a C on the jersey. Right. But I remember Luongo put the C on his mask. Like, right, he painted it on, chair. right? Yeah. yeah. I, you know yeah. what? I really like that one. Like, like, He's a veteran. He's been uh, around the league a long time. And I think Vegas is just uh, primed uh, for doing something unexpected. He does seem like he's the heart and soul of that team. Yeah. So... I mean, I'm just going to throw this out there. What do we think about Ryan Reeves? No. No. Stop. Well, I'm the only Ryan Reeves fan. All right. No, I, I, I know, like I him a lot. It's just, I don't, he, no, he's not a captain. I don't think he's going to be on the team long enough to be a captain. He just resigned two more years. But like you said, you want he's going to be on the team long enough to be captain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. See, I was leaning towards Pacioretty as well, but, but I do I, like the Stone idea and I really like the Flurry idea. The problem with Flurry, I see, is like, there's all these rumors swirling about how they might have to trade him. I don't see it happening because he was kind of the face of the franchise at first, but he's got a pretty big contract. He is getting up there in age. But yeah, I do I like the idea of him as captain, though. I really like that. I just want a goalie, ca- goalie captain. Yeah, I just want chaos. Chaos. Because you know how many people would just freak out over Twitter? It'd be awesome. But we shall now move on to our hockey news. We're going to start with more players who have decided to opt out of this year. So I'm going to pull up the list. I'm going to rattle off the names for you. And we're going to discuss what we think of this and some of the other 
I guess, aspects that go into this phase three. So far, we have Carl Alsner, Sven Bershi, Mike Green, Travis Hamannick, Stephen Kampfer, and obviously Mr. Roman Polak. So those are the guys that are confirmed to have opted out. There may be a couple more since that tweet, but I haven't seen anything. But we also have what teams are now saying players are deemed unfit to play. So we know that the NHL isn't going to release the players' names if they have, in fact, tested for COVID-19. The players and the agents themselves can release that on their own will. But the NHL has decided they want to keep this kind of under wraps. So a lot of teams are saying unfit to play. And that also means that if a player has an injury, they can't specify what the injury is. Everything kind of gets thrown under this umbrella term of unfit to play. So what do we think about the NHL going this route and kind of keeping it a little bit more mysterious? Let's start with Aaron on this one. I like it, but it's different because what you could be left guessing because the other day when Pasternak was deemed unfit to play, there was no reason in the moment. And it just left you guessing, does he have COVID? What does that mean? Or is it just a, a possible injury long-term? Like It just leaves all the fans and maybe even the media guessing that the unfit to play, there's no real reasoning, right? Usually with injuries, that will say this person's out two to four weeks of the lower body. But with everything that happened with COVID and them wanting to keep that under wraps, especially for the player's privacy, it's just, it leaves a lot of question marks is around to all the fans for the, the consumption moving forward. It's not about the fans in the end, it's about the athletes, which is great. And they're trying to keep their medical history private, which is the right thing to do. But from a fan's perspective, like, and even media, your, your imagination can definitely run wild with the unfit to play because it could just be, it could mean anything. I think we've seen before how speculation can kind of get people into trouble. Like if a media member starts speculating a little too much and it kind of picks up and it's wrong in the end, then you kind of look like a jackass. But so Steve, yeah. what do you think? Uh, I'm fine with it just because I can't think of another way to say like the injuries slash COVID if a player has an injury or COVID and they're out without actually saying what they have. So like, I think unfit to play, well, it might generate a lot of speculation. I don't think there's another way to really say it without giving, giving it everything away. And like these players have like, have a right to their privacy for medical information and whatever else they, they'd like. So with the unfit to play, I think it's a, it's a good broad term to just put everything in one, keep it private. Yeah. yeah. And Keith? Yeah, I completely agree with Aaron and Steve here. It's just the NHL has a history of being very vague about their injuries in comparison to other major sports. Like lower body injury, upper body injury is the most detail you're going to get sometimes. So taking it a step further, making it unfit to play, it doesn't really limit information much more than they were doing. But with COVID going on, it's just another layer of privacy that they're providing for the players. And I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I figured we'd all kind of be on the the same train of thought for this one. But I liked what you said about how the NHL was already kind of vague. Like if you look at things like basketball, especially football, they have a list that goes out publicly stating what each injured player's injury is and how long they expect to be out. But like you said, the NHL doesn't do anything near that. So it's not that big of a change, I guess, for the league to say unfit to play. But it is interesting because we even saw the other day, Bruce Cassidy just said that nine players have been deemed unfit to play. So that includes Pasternak. Yeah, Yeah, it includes Pasternak, um, Rask, and I believe Krug. As well as Cache, Coyle, Krejci, Corrali, Richie, and Wagner, which is a huge chunk of their core. That's a big part of their core. So you kind of have to think, like, 
nine players all of a sudden. That kind of sounds like it's a COVID thing. I'm not going to speculate on that. I'm not saying it is. I imagine if it is related to COVID, it's probably just precautionary. Um, yeah. Like they might have been in contact with somebody or somebody that was in contact with somebody or something like that. So then they have said about yeah. Astronach. Well, he was seen like just walking around the arena after he was deemed unfit to play. Yeah. So I think they did say he, odds are he's, he did just come in contact with someone who had it, but was tested negative, but he still has to quarantine just to be obviously on the safe side. Mm-hmm. So I guess then, you know, because if one guy on the team came in contact and you're already at camps with all these other guys, but you never know because they do say they're testing every day, all players. So uh, CJ actually, Chris Johnson from Sportsnet said that they're going to do around 2,000 tests a day that are like $125 a piece, which is what the NHL is shelling out to ensure that everybody remains safe. And if there is someone who's contracted it, that they do the right thing and self-isolate, get better, and then they can return back to play. So mm-hmm. it is interesting. I guess we will be seeing this a lot more as the camps continue on. But we will move on to the next little bit of new information. The awards have been announced for the three finalists for each category. But so I'm gonna go through <laughs> I'm gonna go through the couple of bigger awards. And then we'll kind of discuss if anything shocks anybody, if you agree with some of them, and who you think should win. So we'll start with the Selkie. The three finalists are Bergeron, Couturier, O'Reilly, Norris, Carlson, Hedman, Yossi, the Vesna, Hellebuck, Rask, and Vasilevsky, Jack Adams, Cassidy, Torts, Vigneault, the Calder, Hughes, Kubelik, and Makar. So I guess what I'm going to ask you guys is to pick one, and you can kind of go into detail of basically anything you want. Just discuss. This is a very open podcast today. Lots of options. <laughs> so let's go with Keith. All right. Any uh, one in particular you want me to take on? Anything you kind of feel like going at. Totally up to you. All right. Well, even though I was a little bit upset with Aaron bringing up Mark Stone earlier, <laughs> to talk about the Selkie because I think he should have been in, had more consideration given to him here. But ultimately, yeah, you can't argue with the three they put up so far. I'm going to argue for you. I think Stone definitely deserves to be top three and this is going to be maybe a hot take i don't think bergeron is top three anymore but so many nhl awards they look at the entire career in addition to just the season and bergeron has just been this perennial selkie contender so i feel like his name recognition alone gives him halfway there yeah i think you're absolutely right which is part of the problem that i have with nhl awards they either focus too much on one thing that kind of isolates another big part of what the trophy is, and they focus a lot on past. Like Bergeron, like you said, he's unbelievable player. player. He's always been Selkie contender, I guess you can call him. But, I mean, this year, if you're going to isolate, I think Stone maybe edges him out a little bit. So I'm on your side for that one. Uh, let's go with Steve. I'm going to go after the the Norris. I think Petrangelo should have been in there. I, Very interesting. I had in mind Carlson, Petrangelo, Yossi. I, I had Hedman at fourth, so like it's not that big of a jump or anything for, for me, but I, I think Petrangelo would have, would have edged Hedman. Who did you have winning, or who's your favorite I, for the Norris? Carlson, John Carlson. John Carlson. So that kind of goes into what I was saying about isolating certain parts of the award. Carlson is unbelievable offensive defenseman, but his defensive numbers haven't always been stellar. But the way that the Norris is voted on, it's basically the defenseman that gets the most points. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I think it shouldn't be. It should be the best defensive defenseman because that's what a defenseman is. <laughs> it's <But>. kind of <laughs> implied in the name of their position. <laughs> but uh, the way that it's voted on, I think Carlson would definitely win it. All right. And Mr. Aaron, what do you got for us? Um, looking at the Calder. So right. Calder specifically, we already know it's a two-person two race. It's not, it's not really a competition. It was that third person that was nominated for me that was just like, it could have, it, Kublik was amazing this year. I think he eclipsed 30 goals for Chicago. Yeah. So it's, it's hard not to throw him in there. But then one person that I thought, you know, really should have been that third person was, and I'm really sorry if I butcher the name, Elvis Merzlinkins, or you, you know who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, Elvis Col- kind of, you Elvis know who Elvis is. is. Yeah. So I think personally, we look at, it's going to be Makar Hughes. We already know that. But it, I think Elvis did a lot more for the team than Kublik had an effect with uh, Chicago. That's my yeah. opinion. I think one of the biggest arguments against Elvis was that he only played, I think, 30 games or something. Mm-hmm. But like you said, the impact he had on those 30 games for Columbus helped kind of will them into that playoff spot. So if you look at Jack Adams, look who's the nomination right there, Torres. And you don't take nothing and i'm not gonna say he's a nothing but elvis was pretty much a nothing goalie coming in like he had no prior experience to he was a wild card he was a wild card and having everybody leave columbus like they did in the off season to be able to bring them back to where they were now like it doesn't go just by torts doing it. it's the players themselves and he had a big part of it yeah uh i would agree who do you think is gonna win or who do you believe should win the calder yeah this, this is one of the tougher ones like it's pretty much a 50-50 almost when you're looking at Hughes McCarr. I mean, I voted for Hughes when we did it for the Gaudy staff, and I still, I still think it's Hughes. I'm going to go with the Jack Adams because I don't hate the nominations, but I feel like there's a couple guys that could have easily been on this list. Like, I'm pretty sure I voted Cassidy as one of the top three, but looking at it now, I've kind of changed my mind because we all kind of knew Boston was going to be another powerhouse team. They wanted revenge after losing in the cup final. You kind of expected them to be what they were. And Cassie's a great coach for helping lead them to that point. But I still, I think the problem is, I don't know what the Jack Adams is. Is it going to the best coach, which means the best record? Or is it going for a coach that kind of picked their team up and lifted them past expectations? So if you're going off that, sorry, go ahead. I would say it's the second one for sure. I would hope so, because I think that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. because Cassie's proven to be a good coach with a good team for a while now. But I think Torts is a great pick because, like Aaron said, they lost a lot of players in the offseason, a lot of star power, and everybody kind of ruled them out. And he's been able to keep them pushing, fighting hard for a playoff spot, and now that's where they are. Well, qualifying round, if you want to call it playoffs. We still don't really know. I like the Torts one, but there's other guys I, you could say like, Oh God, I forget one his name that, now. That's one that I love. Sorry, I'm just gonna jump in. One that I love and I said was David Quinn. I said that too. That's a great one. Like I the think the Rangers did so well. Yeah. So well. I was and even I, gonna say Edmonton. Yeah, that and I am going back to the article um that we talked about it for Gotti. I put Dave Tippett as my my number one or number number two. Yeah, you're biased. And, so. But it's it wasn't <laughs> even a bias though. Like I was no, looking okay, at it I'm from kidding. exactly what you said and Everybody looked at it. Uh, I think Vigneault won it with Bruce Cassidy and Torts running it up. So we already had the three in there. 
but I was the only one who put uh, Tippett in mind, and that was my mentality too, because nobody expected Edmonton to do as well as they did this year. A lot of it is that just uncertainty of what we should be saying the trophy is, because I also had Bednar in mind, because I think he's done a great job with Colorado, but you kind of expected Colorado to be a good team. So I don't know, are you going with the powerhouse team, or are you going with kind of the underdog statement? So it is very odd, I guess. So I'm going to ask you guys, why does the NHL and the league hate the Toronto Maple Leafs? So for those who don't know what's happened recently, the Leafs have gotten into a little bit of trouble on two occasions. The first being because of phase three, the media is allowed to go into the rinks, kind of watch the practice, update the fans on, you know, who's participating on which line, how the little scrimmages are going. and. Sheldon Keefe said he wanted to make the scrimmages as game-like as possible to help the Leafs prepare for their qualifying round against Columbus. So the Leafs decided, or maybe MLSE, to bring in a couple of referees to officiate their little scrimmages. And they're doing a little mini tournament. They brought in these referees and other teams started complaining to the league that that is unfair. Now the reports say that the real reason the Leafs were told they can't use officials anymore is because they want to limit the amount of people on the ice and in the facility. But the speculation was that leagues or the teams felt that that was an unfair advantage. What do we think about the Leafs being told that they can't use officials on the ice? Now, before we get to that, I'll add one more thing. Apparently the MLSE was testing these officials every day, just like the NHL does with their players. And I assume that that's coming out of MLSE's pocket and not the league itself. But what do we think about the decision to axe officials coming onto the ice to officiate a scrimmage? Let's start with Keith, because I feel like, I don't know where Keith's going to go with this conversation. I feel like it's going to be good, though. (laughs) My gut instinct is that the NHL and sports in general have arbitrary rules all the time. And it's just one of those things like, yeah, it makes sense for the Leafs to, or for MLSE to be paying refs and for continuing to test them and all that but since it goes against the league rules it's kind of hard to say that they shouldn't the league shouldn't have acted the way it did go against the league rules oh i thought it did i don't think it does i don't think there's any rule against it well that was my main take so i mean i don't know if there was necessarily i'm gonna be honest i don't know if there was a rule of like how many people the leafs can have on the ice at one time like there might be a cap to that to limit as many people together in one tight space as possible but it sounds like the reason that they got shut down was because they wanted to limit the amount of people so it could be one of those like you said arbitrary rules that's not written in stone but you kind of like have to abide it so i'm not sure but yeah so let's go on with steve what do you think so if if it's for like covid reasons like limited in the number of people like then yeah there's no issue if that's not not the actual reason and that's just the reason that they said then there's absolutely no reason that this should be a thing like this the like you said i imagine the leafs are actually paying the refs to do this this gets the refs up to game speed if these are refs that would be otherwise reffing in the playoffs and it's something that every team can do whether or not they want to dish out the money is another reason is another issue separately but it's something that everyone can do everyone's being tested so i think i think it should have been allowed yeah, it sounds like MLSC and the Toronto Maple Leafs were 
conducting the same kind of protocols with the referees as the NHL is with their own players. But like you said, like you never know with the NHL. Is it a money thing where the owners of other organizations are like, oh, we don't want to dish it out so they can't do it. And then NHL just kind of covers it up with this. We don't really know yet. But Aaron, what are your thoughts on this issue? Well, I have a question. Didn't they also shut it down for all affiliated players? Because people or the, the minor league players in the AHL were also coming to use the facility as well. We're just talking about the rest right now, aren't we? No, I know. I'm just asking a question, though. Oh. During this time? or yeah. That's a good question. I'm, f- I'm pretty sure if you're not on the training camp roster, you're not allowed to use the facilities at this time. So, for me, I, I think I, I think you're right. I'm not. That's why I'm asking. I'm not 100% sure. But I, I know, um, I would say if you're not on the training camp roster, it doesn't matter if you're refs or not and you're being tested. It's the league-mandated policy. Do something like St. Louis didn't use your assistant coaches or get somebody within the immediate, uh, I, don't, I don't even know what you call it, roster or vicinity. Within the organization. kind of Within thing. the organization. Just you don't need to go out and hire additional refs. Uh, that that's me and that's just because i'm trying to say it's an it's not a, it's unfair but there's just other ways that other teams are trying to abide by it and i don't understand why the leafs would have to or feel like they'd have to go out and just be different like it's stick to the league policies that way there's no backlash that's my opinion and i'm not saying that they're, they're wrong for doing it but there's a reason that they're trying to have the, a limited amount of contact and a limited amount of people, even other players, using their facilities. So why would you go out and even if you are testing them, bring in these possible other asymptomatic people or just risk even more? That's my opinion. So I, I agree. I think there's definitely an argument for both sides. When I first heard about this news, I was kind of like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, why are they being shut down for this? If it is, in fact, because the NHL, again, wants to limit the people, I totally understand it. If it is a money thing, then that's ridiculous. But again, we don't really know for sure. I think the safer play is, yeah, maybe don't use extra people coming into the rink, even if it's only two to four other people that are being tested daily. We want hockey back. And if anything ever had happened where you get an outbreak, it's not going to look good on the league or the organization itself. So I I guess this is probably for the best. Is officiating in a scrimmage really going to give you that big of an advantage when the games start? Probably not. But the second piece, which is kind of why I'm now fishy on the first thing that we just talked about, is in the new CBA, there's apparently now a minor change where the facilities used to be open all summer and players and prospects were allowed to go in use all the facilities, use all the trainers, all the resources were available to them if they decided to do so. It was optional. And the Leafs had this implemented for a while now. And in the new CBA, I don't think they said that they have to close facilities. I think the details were the facilities can remain open, but they're not allowed to use trainers or anybody in the organization to help these players and prospects out. From what I understand, they're allowed to use them. They're just not allowed to schedule time with them. So if like the trainer's there and then the other the player comes in, that's fine. They also can't track any of the information, but they can they can help like that. But the player or the team and the the trainers can't coordinate together. Right. 
And I think they said that you could even still like hire an independent trainer or something to come in instead, Um, but they want to limit, I guess, the amount of players and prospects who can go in at one time and use these resources available to them. I'm very confused about this. So I'm curious as to what you guys think, if this was the right decision, or is this maybe another issue of Maple Leafs being one of the richest teams and, you know, pumping some of that money back into their players and prospects while other organizations maybe don't have the means to do so. What do you guys think about this? Let's start with Aaron on this one. I don't know. I think it's, it's hard because not, it's like you said, not every team has those same resources. And honestly, Toronto's a lot luckier than most places because uh, they don't, they have their affiliate team within the same city where most people don't, or most, a lot of teams don't or within driving capacity or driving range. And, I, I think, to be honest, that's kind of the unfair advantage where it's some players would have to relocate or even stay in the in the smaller cities not being home, where if you, you can stay in Toronto 12 months out of the year, and that's where both your affiliate and or not National Hockey League team is. So it's not that it's an unfair advantage. It's just Toronto's that big of a mecca for hockey that it, that's able to happen. I don't think that's an unfair advantage per se, but I think it is to a point where you're able to keep everybody within your organization within a certain vicinity. Okay. So you don't think that it's really an, it's, an advantage over other organizations per se? It's, it's not because it's also a choice too, right? Exactly. So that's the biggest thing. It's a player's choice. So it's an un. I, the only unfair aspect of it is the location because again, like Toronto is such a big hockey Mecca that there's no other city that has both uh, NHL and AHL, but correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. I think there might be a couple, but for the I most part, I, you're right. It's But I mean that share the same facilities like MasterCard oh, Center right, right. and training and whatnot. Like I, there's no <clears throat> organization I can think of within that same aspect of hockey. So that's where I think the only unfair advantage is, is just like the, lo- the location of the city, but that's something they can't control. It's the player's choice in the end, and that's, that's where I think it's completely fair. i just like to say, like, this is also like the off-season, so like, players, a lot of players don't usually, unless they've been there for a while, stay in the same cities. Like, a lot of players from other teams come to Toronto, and players go like, back home overseas during the off-season, so like, people come into Toronto or like having the same their uh, affiliates in the same city. I don't think that makes too much uh, of an impact because people are moving around so much. Um, yeah. Cause if you look I also at just like, wanted to, sorry, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go, no, go for it. I was just going to say like, if you look at some of the key guys on the main roster, like you said, a lot of them end up just going home. Like Matthews, I'm sure will go spend the summer back in Arizona and he'll probably train there a bit. But then you also have guys like McDavid who might come in. But if a guy comes in, they can't use Toronto's facilities, right? So really... No, they can. They can? From what I understand, a lot of players that come back to Toronto actually do train in the Toronto facilities. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then it's not even an advantage for the Leafs because if you have other guys coming in. But I feel like it's more like... I don't think they use the same staff, but I think they yeah, use Yeah, probably not. But I would imagine that maybe this is more for prospects because I feel like more established guys can go home enjoy some time with their family, train there wherever they can. But if you're like, say, Nick Robertson, who lives in California, I believe, if, during the offseason, I imagine with his determination, he's going to come to Toronto, train with the staff, try and get that upper hand. So maybe that's where 
a lot of other organizations are like, well, if we yeah. can't do that with our prospects, Leafs shouldn't do that with theirs. I'm guessing. I just feel at the end of the day that it's not that they that they can't; it's that they don't want to spend the money to do it. I yeah. I'd also like to read this uh, quote from Elliot Friedman. Toronto was a team that a lot of their prospects or a number of them would come to Toronto in the summer and they'd work out at the practice facility and they would really improve as players. And teams were like, we don't like that. Right. So there it is. So like, I feel a lot of this is that there are some teams that probably don't make as much money as the Leafs because not many of them do. And they don't want to spend more money in the off season on developing these players. Yeah. So before I say my piece, and I'm going to ask another question later, we have to get to Keith because he's been patiently waiting, I'm sure. Yeah, it it all comes down to that. You guys are exactly right. It's just the league determined where they're going to draw a line with all this and to make it the most fair for each team. It's the exact same logic behind the salary cap. Like, sure, they can have a league with no cap and no restrictions, but then teams like Toronto and the Rangers and anyone else who just generates way more money is going to have a huge advantage. So this is just another place where they're drawing a line to try to equal things out. Right. I just want to say we are talking about billionaires. Oh, absolutely. But it's still like, uh, there are degrees of differences. Yeah. Yeah, you pretty much said what I was about to say. Like, these guys are millionaires, billionaires. I mean, I'm sure they can afford to keep facilities open and pay the handful of trainers for the offseason for their prospects. They just choose not to. I think the other side of it is if these prospects and players want to train, they're going to train, whether it's with the organization's staff or with an independent guy, it's going to happen. Like You're not going to be able to stop it. There's tons of rinks everywhere. I don't see what the issue is just to keep everything open, especially if you look at like for the Leafs. They have a Barb Underhill. She is um, one of like the skating coaches for the Leafs, and she's done an amazing job at helping improve guys skating like Frederick Gauthier, um, Travis Dermott. They've worked really hard with her to kind of improve on that skill. And I think that if you're a team that can afford it, you should be able to use those resources whenever you want. We, tr- we talk about the NHL always trying to even the playing field, but in the end... If you're a market that makes a lot of money, you should be able to then put that money back into your organization to help better your players to then again make more money. That would be in the best interest of the league. But they want to even the playing field so there's no advantages for either team, which I think is a load of crap because you already have the salary cap, which is supposed to even the playing field. And if a rich team can't spend over it, which is fine, I'm not sure if I'm really all for like a luxury tax kind of thing. It's an interesting discussion, but. You don't have to do that because it's a set cap. Everybody must oblige to that. But if you have the resources, you should be able to use it. So my next question is then, if you agree, basically, like, do you think if a team like, say, the Rangers or Chicago or the Leafs who make more money should be able to use those resources outside of the salary cap? Uh, Let's start with Keith because I don't want him waiting too, too long again. I miss his voice. (laughs) Oh, yeah. See, it's just a slippery slope because I acknowledge that, yeah, the salary cap is the the ultimate thing that levels the playing field. But it's like, how much more advantages are you going to let slip by when teams don't have the same resources? And you don't want it to get to a point where 
in pre-salary cap times, the rich teams are just starting to run over the poor teams. That's not good for the league as a whole. That's fair. So you just have to finesse the system to try to find <laughs> a perfect place to draw all these limitations for the rich teams. And I feel like the Leafs are pretty good at trying to find these little loopholes. <laughs> but yes, you are. You like there's a real strong argument to what you're saying. Um, Aaron, let's go with you next. I would say no. Like it doesn't matter the the rich and the poor. Like we touched on it. Or every team is owned by billionaires or million multi millionaires or whatever you are. And you definitely want to create the best environment for your athletes. Toronto's doing that through, like, like you said, Barb Underhill or whatever her name is, and all these other people that they're bringing in. Toronto's just using their resources to better their players and create a better environment to want to attract better players through free agency or draft or whatever and create a, a winning environment to some to some extent. I think no matter the, the, the difference in the money per team, you should be looking to always improve your facilities and create a winning environment to whatever that means and bringing in the resources through coaches and training staff and everything to to have your athletes to be able to use them. So if you're willing like to, if you're willing to bring in those those additional resources where other teams aren't, it's not there's there's no stipulation saying that they can't. It's, yeah, sure. Maybe you can't afford a second trainer, but if you really want to make it work, there's again, you're all billionaires, multimillionaires. I think one extra person person to make the athletes I enjoy the environment better, the work environment, the playing environment better, isn't going to bankrupt you. And it doesn't, it's not like there's their salaries go against your salary cap. Like there's no limit to how much staff you can have. So I think if Toronto is willing to pay the additional money to bring in these extra people or Chicago or whoever these richer teams are now, definitely do it. They should, the athletes should be there because they want to get better. They want to improve. And that's why the organization's bringing them in. It would be pointless for the organization to bring them in and not be able to use them. All right. And Steve? I think Keith has a, has a really good point um, that you can't really let the, te- that the, the rich teams run wild with all the extra stuff that they can do. And I think you definitely have to monitor that. But, but this isn't where you set the limit. <laughs> Letting your prospects develop and train over the summer is great for the league it just provides the league with better skilled players which will hopefully get more people involved in the sport generate more revenue like at the end i think i think what the leafs and honestly there probably are some other teams that that did similar stuff uh, are doing is just improving the quality of the league so like i i don't agree i agree that that it should be monitored and it shouldn't be allowed to run rampant but this is definitely not where you draw the line. I really like what you said there. Like, this isn't the thing to squash. There's other issues. This is There's better one. hills to die on. Exactly. And again, I think Keith has a really good point. Like you said, there's, you know, you don't want the rich teams running wild because then you'll have, it's fun when you don't know what to expect out of a season, right? We all, we all thought, you know, Columbus lost a bunch of players. They're going to suck. Here we are. They're in a playoff spot against the Leafs. Like, it's fun when there is that, kind of unknowingness of who can win a cup. St. Louis last year, they were last placed in December, January, and they won a cup. I enjoy that. But there's certain things that just don't make sense. Like this one, I don't see what the issue is really. Like, yes, you're helping your prospects and your players develop more, but that's like you said, it's good for the league. You want your prospects to come in and be exciting. And 
if these guys are going to train, they're going to train regardless of who they go to. So I think it's kind of ridiculous, but I guess there is some merit to why they did it. But I think we can agree that obviously the NHL hates the Leafs. That is facts. And that is the hill I'm going to die on. And I really hope my Wi-Fi didn't cut out. No, you're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're just, yeah, we're just, not, really we're just not commenting because that's, that's a pretty weird hill to die on. <laughs> well, everybody always talks about how the Leafs, like the NHL is biased towards the Leafs, which I never really understood that argument. That's been because, straight up made fun of us in the media last year. Yeah. And like the just commissioner because we have, of the league, just because we have an office here in Toronto, everybody thinks that like we're, you know, always favorited, which what? Anyways, that's besides the point. We will now be moving on to our last segment, which is kind of, I guess you can call it a little bit of a throwback because we haven't gotten it to its yet but we shall now
So for this little segment, I'm sure if you're on the Twitter sphere of hockey news, I'm sure uh, you've all seen it. But it was a little bit of a while ago, but we are finally getting to it today. When the Buffalo Sabres, because we haven't made fun of them in a while, so I think it's about time we do that. When they were told that they will not be participating in the NHL's new weird playoff, non-playoff thing, they held their end-of-the-year conference with the new management and some of the players. And during one of those interviews, Captain Jack Eichel made it quite clear how he is... I guess you could say frustrated with how the team finished once again. He's been in the league for how long? Five years now? 2016 was his fifth year, for sure. 2016. Four, four years? Four years. And the Sabres have done nothing in that. Yes, exactly. That time frame. So, obviously, he has the right to be frustrated. He's been quite vocal about that in the past. But when a player does that, especially a young, talented captain such as Eichel... You start to see, obviously, all the trade rumors. Does Eichel want outs? Will the Buffalo Sabres trade him? We kind of touched on it in a previous podcast when we talked about what the Sabres were and the direction they were going. But for this, a Buffalo radio host by the name of, I believe his first name is John, but it's DeBiasis. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. He is a Buffalo Bills pregame host and host of Nightcap on a local Buffalo radio station. And I guess after seeing all of the fan mock trades, he decided to release his own list of what it would take to acquire one Jack Eichel. And needless to say, it kind of broke the internet for a day or two. So we're going to go through these trade proposals, and I'm going to get all of your opinions on them and see what we think. Now, before I read them off, I don't know if this guy is being legit or if this is kind of like an ironic uh response to all the bad ones he saw from fans of other fan bases but either way let me pull up that wonderful list that i'm sure will make you laugh cry and all in between so this is what the tweet says here is what the biases believes are fair asking prices and there is one two three four five six seven about eleven trade offers from different teams. So starting us off is the Calgary Flames. What does it cost the Calgary Flames to acquire Jack Eichel? According to this guy, it is Sean Monahan, Matthew Kachuk, and a first round pick from the Colorado Avalanche. You guessed it. Nathan McKinnon and Tyson Jost from the Carolina Hurricanes. Sebastian Ajo and Andre Lacrosse Sveshnikov. The Dallas Stars, Tyler Sagan and Miro Heiskanen from the Edmonton Oilers. Aaron, do you want to take a stab at who this player might be? Yeah, I already know. I got the list in front of me. It's uh, just keep going. <laughs> one Connor McDavid. <laughs> but it's one for one. So there's that. From the Florida Panthers, Alexander Barkov, newly drafted goaltender Spencer Knight, and a first-round pick. From the New Jersey Devils, Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, and two first-round picks. The New York Rangers, Mika Zibanejad, Capo Caco, and two first-round picks. From the Toronto Maple Leafs, Austin Matthews, Rasmus Sandin, Vancouver Canucks, Elias Pettersson, and Brock Besser. And lastly, from the Winnipeg Jets, Mark Shifley and Nikolai Ehlers. Now, I know I just listed off 
a whole whack of teams and names, but you all have it in front of you. So what I'm going to ask you to do is you're going to pick your favorite trade offer from this list. And by favorite, I mean, it could be the one that you laughed the hardest at, the one you think might be actually somewhat fair, anything you decide, totally up to you. Let's start with Steve. Oh boy, I'm I'm deciding between either the Toronto Maple Leafs one or the Vancouver Canucks one because both of them just seem so unreasonable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know the Leafs better, so I'm going to go with them. So Austin Matthews and Rasmus Sandin. Austin Matthews, who is one of the best five-on-five goal scorers of this generation, and Rasmus right. Sandin, who lit the AHL on fire and is already playing in the NHL um, this year. I think it's a bit excessive. <laughs> yeah. I think I think a one for one deal with Matthews and Eichel it would be a lot more reasonable. Um, I think their talent levels are are fairly similar. They both put up decent numbers, and we haven't really seen Eichel with a good team. So who knows if his numbers could be better? But we know that Matthews is is just going up too. So I I think like you take Rasmus Sandin off there, and that's a decent offer. I mean, as a Leafs fan, I would never take it, but yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot of debate between the Matthews-Eichel fan bases of who is the better player. Obviously, Leafs fans think Matthews is the better player and Sabres fans, Eichel. I think they're very close. Oh, definitely. Like, there is definitely an argument to be made. Like you said, if Eichel was actually on a good team, he could potentially be a better player. But as of right now, I, I don't see it. I think Matthews is the better player. Like you said, one of the best five-on-five goal scorers. His defensive game has actually been, it was solid this year year after being criticized a lot, which was fair criticism. I'm a huge Matthews fan, but he was pretty poor in the defensive zone. But this year he definitely picked it up. But like add Rasmus Sandin, I just, (laughs) I I don't understand that. But apparently that is what this guy is asking for. Keith, what was your favorite of the lot? I'm going to go with what I think is just the most absurd in the one-for-one McDavid for Eichel. Like, yeah, as you guys both said, Eichel's been great. He's near a point per game for his career. The last two seasons, he was over a point per game. But McDavid is just otherworldly. Like, there is no trade that a team would make for McDavid because the price would be way too high. The price is way more than Eichel. He, McDavid was on course for his fourth straight 100-point season. Like, you can't say enough how good this guy is. And to say that it would take just Jack Eichel to get him, it's just, I, I'm at a loss for words. Yeah, because he did specify if this list is literally just Eichel or if Buffalo would have to add. But I'm assuming he's saying the fair asking price for Eichel. So I'm going to assume that it means just Eichel. And yeah. like, yeah, one for one with Connor McDavid is ridiculous. The, yeah, the term generational talent has been kind of thrown around quite a bit in past years with all these younger prospects being able to jump into the league in the first overall picks but but if you boil it down Connor McDavid is generational talent nobody is going to come close to him Austin Matthews will not he is not the 1b to 1a as some people think Connor McDavid is on another level like you said and the one for one is uh yikes so Aaron now that your favorite team has been eliminated from the list what do you think okay this guy's first name is John all right, John, if you ever hear this podcast, just know this list right here, you're giving me mind mess. I don't even know how to describe it. You can't I'm even irked. speak. I'm irked. <laughs> I'm irked. 
I'm irked. Watch the language. Uh, oh, trust me, it's, it's so hard. It's so hard not to cuss right now and call this guy just a, yeah, you know. We are a kid-friendly show. <sighs> God. All right. I'm fall- I know my favorite team's off the board, but who one for one? <laughs> <laughs> no, what? Just get it off this, your chest. It, just get it off your chest. Is this guy dumb? <laughs> like, how idiotic? How idiotic are you? Like, oh my god, it's just hurting me to talk and read this. Like, I'm fine with the New York offers. Like, honestly, I think those are realistic. I love the. I, I, I have been an advocate to you guys that the Rangers could do it. The Rangers should do it. Except for their cap issues, they can't. And that's where I think Eichel should go. The one trade that rattles me is that Edmonton one, but I can't talk about it. You're welcome. <laughs> I think he just saved you a lot of pain. Good job, Keith. <laughs> I don't know. The other. Oh my god, it's so hard. I mean, they they all suck. They I mean, all yes. suck bluntly. Like I would never give uh, up any, any of these trades for Jack Eichel. Why wow. would Colorado trade McKinnon in any right mind? Why would Why would Edmonton give up McDavid? Why would Dallas give up their best young defenseman in Sagan? As of right oh now, I think McKinnon's this, better than Eichel. That, oh, yeah. That's when I that that too. Why would they give up Pedersen and Besser? Like, this irks me to read this. That somebody just was thinking, yep, on a Buffalo radio show, of course, Buffalo, that this is what Jack Eichel's worth. Sorry, bud. He ain't worth <gasps> He ain't worth this list. He ain't worth this list. So I'm going to throw one thing out there. To Buffalo fans, I actually like you guys. It's fun, the, uh, the little jabs that the two fan bases have each other. This is not anything against Sabres fans. And again, I don't know. This is personal for me and you now. Yeah. So I don't know if this, (laughs) like I'm genuinely curious as if this guy seriously thought these were good deals or if he was just putting this out there for the sole purpose of getting Aaron and others to melt their brains. I don't know. It seems so outlandish that maybe that was his intention, but I don't know. I mean, it reads to me as the type of list you put out there when you're like just getting into hockey fandom, like you're eight years old or something, and you're like, yeah, yeah I, we should trade for Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon, and then we'll be a good team. And it's like, that's just not how this works in the slightest. I just it's, wanted yeah. you guys to know I had to mute myself for the first 30 seconds after reading this. <laughs> but if I'm picking one trade that wasn't talked about, Colorado, that's just another stupid trade. That's just an. I'm done. That's all I'm saying, John. I hope you listen to this and just know this was the stupidest list, and you irked me. And congratulations, you broke Aaron. You broke me. I don't really know where to go from here. I mean, there's a full list. You can pick any of them. I know. I'm gonna say maybe the Winnipeg one is probably the least outlandish. I don't know if that's a fair assessment because Mark Shifley is an unbelievable player. He's a little bit older. So if you want to get that younger, probably I would say more talented, like higher ceiling player in Eichel, and you have to throw in Ehlers, it's not great, but I think that's probably the more sane one on this list. But yeah, it just, Keith hit, like said it perfectly. It's like an eight-year-old did this. Like It's like when you start your first GM mode in NHL, and you just try and trade for all the best players, and you're just kind of throwing out everything you can just to get them. Like, I don't know. It's very odd. The, oh, I'll put this. I'll put this out there. The only two trades that aren't for me ridiculously stupid are the New York ones. So I'm the just Rangers saying and that. the Devils. Yeah, the Devils. I'm are just in New saying Jersey. That. 
Well, they're still based in New York, like the New York area. Geography. I'm from Canada, man. I don't know America. (laughs) I no, I think there's there's some merit to that. I don't think you would end up giving up those players plus two first round picks, which both trades include. But it's tough because if you're the Devils, never say never. I know, but if you're the Devils, you're giving up two first round picks plus your previous two first overall picks. Now, will either of those guys develop into Jack Eichel? I. It's so early to tell, but yeah, yeah. Even I'm at a loss for words. I don't know why I picked this segment to be in the podcast when it just shut down everybody's brains, and we're supposed to be talking, but we can't because we're irked. Yes. So, anybody want to add anything before we move on? I really hope John listens to this. And I mean, you know, I John, John, go to Gaudy, contact us, message us. I'll DM you back, and we'll have a healthy conversation about how stupid I think this was. You really started off that conversation in a healthy way. If you want to take a look at the list to kind of refresh your memory on what we just talked about and all of its irkiness, you literally just have to type in Eichel Trade on Twitter and uh, it doesn't take long to find it. But with that being said, I don't think Eichel is going to go anywhere. It would be pretty hard to win Eichel Trade. You would win with one of these trades, but you would be dumb if you were the other team to actually propose it or accept it. And I really hope this is just a response to him seeing all of the other fan bases, mock trades that were equally as bad and kind of turn the tables, but we don't know. So we will be moving on to the staple of the podcast, as Mac likes to say, and that is our trivia. Now, because I was so lucky enough to host today i did not want to also come up with trivia so i pawned it off to aaron and that's why we are doing our spin-off podcast because we work so well together we complement each other like mac and cheese without the mac because he's not here (laughs) (laughs) i can tell it would be such a great podcast (laughs) you've already turned two of our guests against us aaron well, I was I was gonna say something else about Ottawa, but you know what? I didn't want to upset Keith even more. Wow. That's fair. Thank you. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Well, I'm gonna say it anyway. Back on the other segment, we didn't talk about the Eric Carlson trade and how Ottawa actually won it, even though they kind of lost it at the same time because they lost a really good defenseman. All right. Okay. Mark, can we Mark, can we move Mark on, still. please? Let's... Yep. Yep. Thank you. Anyway, fair. trivia today. So the Mac and the Cheese without the Mac. So today we're doing a cool trivia, which. We have, we've kind of done stuff like this before, but I told everybody to have a pen and paper. Has everybody got that? Yes. yes. I'm actually prepared for once. Keith? You. All right. So <laughs> we know, and we always talk about salaries and matching and this and that and the other, but we never really focus on those high-paid profile players and how much teams really overpay. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through all 31 teams, and I'm not telling you any, I'm not giving you any hints. You have to write down on your piece of paper, 1 through 31, each team, the highest paid player, and how much you think they make. Now, oh God. yeah, so it's only one player per team, but there are some teams that have people being paid the same amount that are also the highest paid players. So you get one point. It doesn't matter if you name both or one. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. So we're going to start if once you're, you're good to go. The Anaheim Ducks are the first team on the list. So everybody's going to write down their answer and how much they think this player gets paid. So you get one point if you get the player 
and you get one point if you're close enough to the cap. And then you're going to keep track of it. In the end, you're going to check how many you have, and then that's the winner. So right. it's a potential. remember who's on the Anaheim Ducks. Sometimes I forget they even exist. Okay, so we're going to put a fifth, like a 10-second limit on all of it because we got to get through 31 teams. I should have brought a bigger paper. Right on the back. Eco-friendly. Brought a small pad of paper. All right, time's up. Okay, so we're going to go to Keith. Keith, who do you have? I have Getzlav at $8 million. Paul? I have Getzlav at 10 Okay, Steve? I have Getzlav at $8 million. All right. So the, the real answer is Ryan Getzlaff at $8.25 million. Hey, look at us, Paul, you get one. Tyler, two, you get two points. All right, up next, Arizona. <clears throat> oh, what's his name? Huh. Right, I, I do not know what division they play in, nor who <laughs> plays for I have a player in mind. I just – oh, I got him. All right, I gave you 20 seconds because it's Arizona. Hold on, hold on. All right, so let's start with Paul. Uh, I'm going Ekman Larson at nine mil. Okay, Keith. I think it's Kessel at seven. Okay, Steve. I went Ekman Larson at nine mil. So the proper answer is Ekman Larson at eight point two five million. Ooh, two points. Well, two points for Steve. Two points for Paul. It's within the same million ish. So okay. we'll give it to you, Keith. One point. I get a point for the salary, or I'm just kidding. You get nothing. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Next, Boston. Uh, I think I know this one because I'm obsessed with Boston. All right. Keith. Uh, Krejci at 7.5. Steve. I want Marshawn at 8. Paul? Krejci at 7. All right. Two points for Paul, two, two points, points for Keith, zero for Steve. The right Shucks. answer is Krejci at <laughs> 7.25 million. Hey, look at us. Next, Buffalo. Uh, we, should all get, we should all get this one fairly easily. <laughs> Uh, oh, no. All right. Okay. Time's up. Steve. Eichel at 11. Paul. Eichel at 10. Keith. I'll go Eichel at 10 as well. The, uh, the answer is Eichel at 10. So, you know what? I'll be generous and I'll give everybody two points there. Yay. Just because we talked about Eichel so much and I feel bad for ripping on Buffalo fans. Well, it wasn't really the fans. We, we like them. Yeah, we do. Except John. Except, yes. You made that quite clear. Good. I just want to keep, keep reiterating it. Calgary Flames. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, that is it. Uh, oh. No. All right. Time. Well, yeah, that's a weird one. Steve. I went Goudreau at eight. Paul? I went Giordano at eight. Mm. Keith. Uh, I'll split up the room even more and go to Chuck at seven and a half. <sighs> well, you should split up the room even more because you're right. It's Kachuk at seven. Oh. Damn. All right. So two points for Keith. Zeros around the board everywhere else. I almost went Giordano there. Honestly, he was the second closest, so wouldn't have been a bad guess. Next, Carolina. Oh, God. Uh, if I can remember someone who plays for them, I'll be impressed. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It's a recent contract. Yeah, I think oh, I know what's it. his name. I'm pretty sure he was on our lovely list we just discussed. All right. So, Paul, because you're so confident, you want to start us off? Aho at nine. Okay. <sighs> Keith. Aho at eight and a half. Steve. I went. No name at seven, but I was thinking of all. He <laughs> <laughs> couldn't remember his name. <laughs> I'm not lying. This is honorable. <laughs> it is. It is all the honor system. Steve never lied. So the real answer is Aho at eight point five four million, and that's crazy that Keith thought the eight point five. So two points all around. 
Wait, wait, did you say seven million, Steve? Yeah, I did. <laughs> All right, no, sorry. You're, you're about half a million off. You get one point. I mean, it's a good thing you got one point for All no right. name. <laughs> <laughs> it's the honor system. It's the honor system. Chicago. Ooh. Okay. I think this one's easy. Yeah. All right. Keith, you said it's easy. Uh, Go ahead. Taves at 10.5. Correct. Paul. Oh, Kane at 10.5. Correct. Steve. Kane and Taves at 10.5. Whoa. Yeah, sorry. What? Sorry, that's incorrect. <laughs> it's one or the other. You can't have both. <laughs> But, but you are all correct. Two points all around. Next uh, up, Colorado. Oh. Huh, who's gotten paid there? Oh, I know this one, I think. I love me some contracts. Oh. Okay, so Paul, you were confident. You want to start it off? I, I think it's ranting it at nine and a half. Steve. I went Landis Cog at eight, eight and a half. Keith? I, I was picking McKinnon until Aaron said, or till yeah, Aaron said ranting it. Uh, I'll stick with McKinnon at eight. McKinnon's on a sweetheart deal. He is on a sweetheart deal because Paul's the only one that got it right at Miko Randon at 9.25. Yeah, I get one point for them. Do I get one point for the 9 mil? No. You oh, know. I said 8.5? You said 8.5. That's within a million. You did so say you it was a million. Player, but, uh, fine. You know what? We're just being generous today. I'm just a good quiz master. All right. Next. Dallas Stars. Uh, mm. uh, crap. No, I don't think that's an option. <laughs> Can I call the player horse crap? No. no. Well, that's what the owner, the owner called them. All right. Does anybody have the answer? I, I mm, Maybe. Oh, Sagan at nine and a half. Okay, Paul? I had the exact same. I have Sagan at nine. Okay, so you all got Sagan, and his real cap is 9.85. So you all get two points. Yay. Is that his new contract? Has it kicked in yet? Yeah, this year, first year. I had to, I just, I literally pulled it up and double checked to make sure I was confident with it because I thought <laughs> Jamie Ben may have been the highest paid. But no, Tyler Sagan at 9.85. Okay, next, next, Detroit Red Wings. Oh, God. Enjoy is there anybody one. on that team? <laughs> um, I'm going to go there with is, a, There is somebody on this team. I'm going to go with like a, a weird one. I'll take a chance. That's all you can do. I don't think it's right, though. I don't Steve, think, let's start us I, think, I, think, I think I think I have the person. I don't think I have the amount. I went Larkin at eight. Oh, okay. Keith, I went Larkin at six. I don't think they like him that much. Okay, Paul, I heard the ah. Uh, so what are we going with? I forgot Larkin. Uh, <laughs> I went Applicator at five and a half. <laughs> <laughs> that is a random one, and that's scary accurate because that is his contract. But the real answer is Dylan Larkin at six million. Six Dang million. Damn. Six point one to be that's specific. Yep. Yeah, they really don't like him. Keith, two, Steve, one, Paul, zero. Not Next just zero, one. zero. Zero. We yeah. have that French, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next one should be easy all around. Edmonton Ed- Oilers. I wonder who that is. I forget his contract, though. Yeah, but Start with Paul. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we haven't started off with Keith in a while. Keith. McDavid at, is it 12? Yeah. All right, Steve. McDavid at 12.5. Paul. I have McDavid at 12 and a half as well. I mean, just give two points to everybody. It's McDavid at 12 and a half. All right. Florida Panthers. Oh, goodness. Ooh. Uh, uh-oh. I think it's one of two players. But I don't know which one. I mean, it's the name of the game. you got to pick one. Uh, I'm not confident in the amount. but well, I'm also it. not confident in the person. <laughs> well, let's give it a shot. Steve, pick it off. I went Huberto at 10. Paul. I went Bobrovsky at 9. Keith. I'll go. Oh, Look, Barovsky's on Florida now. Oh, I think oh. it's I think it's my boy Ekblad at seven. 
No, the correct Bobrovsky answer is Bobrovsky at ten million. Damn, oh, ten million. <laughs> That's uh, not going to look good. That I forgot not... he was on that team. I, I yeah, that sums up his. Uh, his like, I, pretty much. <laughs> the second you said Bobrovsky, was like, oh, he just signed that ten million dollar deal. I forgot it was ten. Oh. Because he's um, one of two goalies now that make over ten. Yeah, him, him. I think. Him? Yeah, really. Oh, well, damn! There we go. Los oh. Angeles. Oh. Uh, I think I got. Huh. I don't know that. I think I remember this from when we did the uh, the expansion draft. All right. So then, Keith, let's kick, kick it off. Oh God! Now I'm a lot less confident. <laughs> uh, Kopitar at ten. Okay. Paul, I got Kopitar at nine and a half. But I think it's. I think Keith's right. And what about Steve? Doughty at eleven. Well, Steve's oh. the only one that got it right. Oh, I forgot it. about his new deal. <laughs> I just remembered it because he's, uh, it, they made such a big deal about him uh, doing all the work himself without an agent. Wow. Can you imagine how he feels now? Stuck in L.A. for <laughs> eight more years? Okay, I mean, stuck in L.A. Like, yeah, I was about to say that sentence. When, when you're stuck okay, in L.A. being fair. paid $11 million, I don't think you're stuck. And they already won a cup, too. So, like, two, 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 two. two. Next. Minnesota. Wait, did we not uh, skip Vegas? No, not yet. Oh, I'm thinking, yeah, Las Vegas. Never mind. Oh, uh, my pen's going to run away. name? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. You're welcome. Ugh. Okay, uh, I give you guys 25 seconds on that because you seem to be struggling. I just don't remember the amount now. Yeah. All right. I think I have the player, just not the amount. All right, well, Paul, let's try it. No, 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 no. Uh, I think it's Suter at eight and a half. Okay, Keith. It's Parisi at seven and a half. Steve. Parisi at eight. Well, it's Parisi and Suter because they signed those matching deals at yeah. 7.5. Okay. All right. Up next, you already talked about it. Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, I think we, <laughs> I think we all know this one. Right? Not sure on the number, though. Is it price at 11? All right. That's Keith's, even though I didn't ask if to stop the top watch, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I stand Steve. by it. <laughs> Steve, oh, uh, price at ten. Paul, price at ten and a half. It is price at ten and a half, but I said within a million, so you all get two points. The next one is going to be an interesting one. I want to see what you go with Nashville. Ooh. Mm. Nashville. Um, oof. It's one of two guys. I don't remember which. Or could it be two guys? All right. Okay. Oh. That was an aggressive pen slam, so we're going to go with Paul. <laughs> Yossi at nine and a half. Mm. Okay. Not a lot of confidence in that answer. Steve? I went Arvidsson at seven. <laughs> okay. I went Yossi at eight. So, do you want the good news or the bad news? And then I know who it about? is. <laughs> Technically, next season, Yossi oh. will be the highest paid player. Oh. This right season, now, I think it I is tied it between Ryan Johansson yeah. and yeah. Matt Duchesne at $8 million each. Well... I kind of so tried to erase Duchesne from my memory, so <laughs> no points for anyone. There seems to be a lot of that happening so far today. <laughs> oh, it's uh, it's a lot of memory wiping for the last year and a half for Keith over there. Oh boy! All right, up next we got the New Jersey Devils. Ooh. Oh, um, who the heck is getting paid over there? Um, I, uh, I don't right, know. Steve. Steve, I'm going to you first. I went PK Subban at eight point five. Okay, Keith. I went Subban at eight. And Paul. Oh, it's Subban at eight and a half. The prop, well, you all get two points because it's, it's, it's within a million. So it's Subban at nine. Ooh, damn. So a lot of money for a top four defenseman. 
but he was a Norris Trophy winner. So he was not a top four defenseman this year. <laughs> On New Jersey, he was. Yikes! All right, up next, the New York Islanders. Oh, is that uh, Tavares guy still there? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Leo Komarov now. All right, oh, I know, Uncle Leo. I think I we got to make the title something about ripping into Buffalo and Ottawa. Just for Keith's sake. Well, I appreciate well, that. We just ripped the Islanders, but it somehow resorted back to the auto and Buffalo stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wait, I don't have an oh, answer. All right. Keith. Oh, geez. I focused way too much on making the Tavares joke. Uh, <laughs> that's why I put you on the spot. Uh, I appreciate that. Is it Lee? Anders Lee at like six and a half? Steve? Go ahead, Barzal at 10. Paul. I don't know if he's, if he's still on his entry, though. Uh, Lee at seven. The answer is Anders Lee at seven million. Ooh. Yeah, Barzal's uh he needs a new contract this offseason, I think. Right. He uh, does. And they're in trouble. trouble. Oh, they're in big trouble. They're gonna have to pay him tons of money. With no money to spend. Exactly. Except, you know, they have Leo Conrad. All right. Up next, the New York Rangers. Oh, I remember this one. Well, you already know who's going first now. It's whoever speaks first. I just want you guys to know that. (laughs) This is why I'm quiet all the time. (laughs) All right. So, Keith, who's who's, who's the highest paid on the Rangers? It is the bread man at 11 and a half. Paul? Uh, Panarin at 12. Steve? I said Panarin at 10. The correct answer is Panarin at 11.6. Moving on to the newly found, revamped, new logo, fresh-faced, Ottawa Senators rebuild with the first overall pick, Alex wow. Lafreniere. Oh, sorry. Okay. Whoa, <laughs> blow. Who's left on the team? I think I know who it is. And it's- he was selected in our uh, entry draft by a few people. He was. He was. Keith yeah. is, I already know Keith's got it right. Yeah. All right. So because we want to leave the Ottawa fan for first and last, I kind of want to put him in the middle. So, Paul. Uh, Bobby Ryan at seven and a half. Steve didn't say anything. All right, Keith. It is Bobby Ryan at seven and a quarter. And Steve. Put Craig Anderson at six. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! I lost my paper. (laughs) I don't even think he makes that much. I don't know how much he makes. The correct answer is Bobby Ryan at 7.25 million. I couldn't remember anybody else on the team. (laughs) Besides Shabbat. I think Shabbat just signed a new deal, didn't he? But he's not. Yeah, but I don't think it's kicking yet. Anyway, Bobby Ryan's answer next we are moving on to the philadelphia flyers so if paul gets this wrong we know he's not a flyers fan i feel like uh, that might happen are you sure uh <clears throat> because you know who i'm going to first for this wow i actually don't know but i'm sorry we have to go to you first i voracek at seven steve i went Giroux at nine keith i went Giroux at eight well the only one that can check it off for two points is keith it's Claude Giroux at 8.25. Just kidding. I'm within 8. a million. It's 8.275. I'm at nine. He's, he's, he makes $25,000 more than Jakob Voracek to be the highest paid player oh. in Flyers. And my question, am I at one point or two points? What, what did you guess for Cap? Nine. nine. Oh, yeah, you're good. One point. One point? Yep. Wait, did you say Claude Giroux? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I heard Voracek. You know, two points. Yeah, oh. My bad. That's the quiz master right there paying attention. <laughs> All right. Next, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, I think we all know it's one of two players. Yeah, I don't know which one. But which one? Mm, I'm not confident. Is it Phil Kessel? Or is it Phil <laughs> Kessel? Phil Kessel, noted Arizona Coyote. <laughs> what division are they in? <laughs> <laughs> all right. 
Steve, you haven't kicked us off in a while. I went Malkin at nine. I'm pretty sure Crosby's on his number contract still. Keith? I think Steve's right. I think it's Malkin at nine and a half. And Paul? I went Malkin at nine. Two points all around. It's Malkin at nine and a half. You are correct, Crosby still is on his number contract. Okay. Next one. This is going to be a toughie. The St. Louis Blues. Ooh. Reigning, uh, defending NHL Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues. And the answer's nation. Coming up at 11. <laughs> Channel 4 News. Yeah, I have no confidence in this one. Oh, no. Wait, wait, wait. Cross that out. All right, well. We got yeah. some crossing going off. We heard some O's. So we're going to Steve again. We're just throwing oh, it right boy. back to him. I went Tarasenko at eight. Oh, dang. That's a good one. All right, Paul. I went O'Reilly at eight. And Keith. Oh, my God. Now I'm less confident. I went Petroangelo at seven and a half. Well, you got the dollar <laughs> amount right, but not the players. Because Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko both make seven and a half million to be the highest paid players on the Blues. Virtual first. high five, Paul. Yeah. I had Petroangelo down first, though, to be yeah. fair. And then I scratched it out. I didn't think he was. I think, did we? Do you know how much Petrangelo makes? How much I do I know? How much? Yeah. Yes, I do. Uh, Pe- Alex Petrangelo makes six and a half million. Yeah. But will be an unrestricted free agent this year. And will be making. So do I get a point for the dollar or no? You do. Nice. <laughs> I'm a giving quiz master. It's a good question about how much is is he going to make now with the whole COVID thing. Well, probably a lot. But I don't know. Not as much as before. I guess we will see in August when free agency hits. But August? Focusing. Yeah, it's in August, isn't it? Post. Never mind. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a hockey show about hockey stuff where we don't know about hockey. All right. Moving on to San Jose. Uh, is it Patrick Marlowe? Is it Jonathan Chichu? <laughs> what? Check questions. Joe Thornton. Damn. Jumbo. What's his name? Oh. Again, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Keith, kick us off. It is the former great Eric Carlson at 11 and a half. And that's why oh I went to God. you first. Oh, I forgot. Oh He's on the team. <laughs> and that's why I went to Keith first. Oh, I'd rather not say my answer. <laughs> All right. Well, Steve, you're going to say your answer next. Let's do it. Eric Carlson? No, uh, I went Kozura at eight. I, was, I, I mean, that's not a bad answer at all I, I had could try eight and a half unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately it is eric carlson at 11 and a half. how do we forget about eric carlson <laughs> he was injured 90 percent of the year and he went to san jose oh but i went to keith I mean, first just to relive that ottawa i, I think keith that. also just remembers his old roommates are a san jose fan probably oh. rubbed it in thanks steve and I have a feeling Keith's just going to like not come on the show anymore just because he hates us all. <laughs> I feel like he just won't be on it when I'm on it. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, Keith, right? We're friends. Maybe. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up, the Tim, we're going to avoid that. The Tampa Bay Lightning. I uh, think. Do you think? Um, or do you want to guess? Because I mean, you haven't picked guesses. this off in a while. Are, are you ready? <sighs> Yep, we're I'm ready. not confident. Uh, I think Kucherov at nine and a half. Keith, because we're still friends. <laughs> oh, we are. Yeah, yeah. I said Kuch at nine and a half as well. I did as well. And you are all right at nine and a half million for Nikita Kucherov. I thought somebody would put Vasilevsky down. Isn't he making like peanuts? He is, but he just signed a new deal for nine and a half starting next year. Uh, See, I was I was worried because I didn't know how much uh, Stamkos was making. Eight point five. Okay. I for some reason had Hedman in my head too. Hedman is only making eight, just under eight. Only eight. 
Well, for a Norris Trophy defenseman. Just like PK. Mm. <laughs> Next question. Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't know this one. I'm scared I'm going to get this wrong. I mean, it's actually very close. Okay, so we're going to our favorite Toronto Maple Leafs fan, Keith. Remember that thing about being friends? <laughs> <laughs> and it's gone. <laughs> uh, is it... It's either Matthews or JT. I'll go Matthews at 11 and a half. Oh, Paul. Uh, Matthews at, I'm going to try and guess the actual number. 11.625. I don't remember if that's correct. I think that's right, but I went to Matthews at 11.3. Well, I'll go exact dollar amounts. The exact dollar amount is Austin Matthews at 11.634. Oh, yeah. And you want to know why? Because he wears number 34. I don't think that's right. (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) Well, you all get two points there. Next, this is going to be an interesting one. The Vancouver Canucks. Ooh. Pretty sure it's still the Sedins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with all those bad contracts, who knows? Jesus. Sorry, uh, that's actually, uh, actually Sven Berchi. He just opted out. Wow. Uh, Not confident in this. Yeah, I don't I don't really know. All right, well, Paul, kick us off. Uh, Horvat at seven. Steve. I went Besser at eight. And Keith. I remember when Vancouver signed him because I really wanted Ottawa to sign him, so I'm hoping it's still Louis Erickson at six and a half. So, you got Louis Erickson correct. However, it's a tie between three players. Louis Erickson at six million, Alexander Edler at six million, and newly signed Tyler Myers at six million. They have no players over six million? They do not. They just have everybody else at four on their. They have line. Roberto <laughs> Luongo at three million. <laughs> <laughs> they have Sven Berchi at three point three million. Oh my god! Yep. They have. We'll go by your answers. Bo Horvat at five point five million for another three years after this year. Wow. And Let's Brock Besser at five point eight for another two years. What the hell? But they I also was have, really hoping Erickson was not still the number. He is. They oh, have oh. for another two years. But they also have Brandon Sutter, Pittsburgh legend, for 4.3. Antoine Roussel at 3. Jay Beagle at 3. How much cap space do they have? None. They have about 30,000. Next, Vegas. Um, I hope it's this guy. Sorry, wait, Vegas? Yes, Vegas Golden Knights. So I just spaced out. Aaron spaced out last time. You spaced out this time. All right. Because you spaced out, you start. I put Stone at 10. Keith. I want Stone at 10 and a half. Oh, that contract doesn't kick in until next year, doesn't it? I have Stone at nine and a half. Well, it is Mark Stone at nine and a half million. Okay, good. It was the first year that the contract kicked in. When did they get him? Did they, did they get him last year? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for some reason I thought that was this year. Next, the Washington Capitals. Uh, I don't know how much he makes. Ooh, I don't know. If, okay, we're going on a limb. Then start us off on a limb. I think as of right now, it's Ovi at eight. I think it changes next year. Keith? I think it's Ovi at nine and a half. Steve? I got Ovi at nine. It's Ovi at nine and a half. Oh. And he is one more year after this. But does Backstrom's contract kicked in, and is it higher next year than... <laughs> Backstrom's next year is 9.2, and I know it has not kicked in this year. There you go. And finally, the Winnipeg Jets. Hmm. Finally? That's 30 teams, isn't it? Yeah, are we missing one? Mm, no. I think we are. Hold on. Hold on. Who the hell's on Winnipeg that makes money? That's a good question. Yeah, I've only had 30 teams on my list here. Yeah, so do I. So we're missing one. I don't know. Hold on. We'll go back through it. We'll go back through it. Um, yeah. I don't think it's 
trade, but all right. Well, let's do it anyway. Uh, I think it's Wheeler at eight and a half. I have Wheeler at eight. Oh, I'm left. The answer is Wheeler at eight point two five million. Yeah, because Lyonnais' contract is at six point seven for it was the bridge deal. Oh, right, right. Now you guys have me questioning what team I missed. Oh, well, I know you definitely is. missed the team. It's uh. Columbus. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, I already it's have so the easy to forget. Oh, the, I have that in front of me, and I'm I missed it. All right, Columbus. Uh, still makes they all laugh. Columbus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's 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 an interesting answer because yeah. it, it's I can give I'll give you I'll give you the answer after. They're like, thanks, Aaron. You're welcome. <laughs> Quizmaster. <laughs> Quizmaster. <laughs> the answer uh, is Elvis. I'm not confident in it, but I feel like a bunch of these guys are around the same price. I don't remember his name. The, might be this a common theme. I feel like that's the title. I don't remember his name. <sighs> okay, I'm changing my answer. All right, Keith, go for it. Uh, flip flopped between Felino and Cam Atkinson, but I went Atkinson at five and a half. Steve, I couldn't remember Atkinson's name, so I just went purely to pull out seven. Okay, I oh. too flip between Atkinson and Felino, but I think I'm gonna go Felino at six and a half. So the answer is Cam Atkinson at 5.8. Wow. But the second closest answer was Brandon Dubinsky at 5.8 as well. Except Cam Atkinson also makes $25,000 more than Brandon Dubinsky. Damn. Wow. I guess I should have stuck with my first answer. Should have opened All right. So tally that up. Calculator. Because I'm bad at basic math. Wait, were we keeping track for ourselves? Yes. Okay, good. I was doing that. <laughs> Where's this calculator? While they take time to plug their scores, I'd just like to give a shout out to Mac Quizmaster. Hi. This is this is the quiz that you get when you're not here. It's not well organized. The end. Okay, I think I have my number. Not really sure because math. Yeah. You said we weren't doing math on this episode. Well, I don't want to do it. So have fun. <laughs> All right, I think if I counted correctly, I had 43 points. I had 41. Ooh, boys, 45. Wow. You know what? I'm not even surprised. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think every time we have trivia, Keith wins. The, oh, trivia man. the true trivia master. I mean, we know who's hosting next time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We need a new winner, Keith. That's fine. All right. Well, I, so, ha- I had more questions, but that kind of ran a bit long. So yeah, let's just call it there, I guess. So that is the end of this episode. If you liked me hosting instead of Mac, please let us know so I can have further proof as to why I should over him. Does anybody have anything to say to end us off? Wear your masks. All right. Well, I'll just add okay. to that. Thanks for listening to the spinoff podcast. Paul's <laughs> a great host. Uh, you know, <laughs> he liked me as trivia master, you know, quiz master, whatever you want to call it. I know I wasn't good. I'm sorry. Keith, All right, I said, like, we got to wrap up here. What, what's going on? I was getting there. I was going to say thank you for listening. Keith, you, you want to cut me off. Now, now you're, now you're <laughs> I got nothing to add to this. All right. <laughs> so on that note, <laughs> we are going to end it there. So catch us every Monday, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. 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 Be sure to check us out at getofftheice.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at getofftheice.com.